Hi everyone, welcome back to Being Human is Weird. We have a special guest today, my manager, Rich. So Rich, tell us what experience you have in the fitness industry. How did you get your start? What's your favorite part about fitness? Great question. Thank you for asking, Abby. A former classmate of mine posted on social media for Facebook, and we all got to read these quotes about what we dreamt to becoming into our adulthood. And I found mine the other day, and it was, I want to be the best athlete. And I thought that was really interesting from that young. And then in high school, I worked out a ton, did every different type of um, workout imaginable with weights, speed training, plyometrics, jump training, what have you, battled a lot of my first major injuries and learned a ton of lessons. That's what really sparked my wanting to grow my body and my mind together, because there will be times where I'm going to run over the pothole and, you know, maybe be set back a little bit. So that was something that I appreciated learning so I could keep that skill with me for the rest of my life. Then when I went into college, I started changing majors specifically around when I would work out. And so <laughs> finally, by the time I had my third switch, it was, oh, I should go into exercise science and become a gym owner because this is what I'm revolving my entire life around. Moved back down to South Florida, uh, opened up my very first garage gym, 20 feet by 10 feet, just started into a garage built up a very small base there. And then I had an opportunity to open up a very small, under thousand square foot um, office building. So not even a gym facility, an office building, like someone who would stay to, in efficiency. We're lifting off of carpet and broken tile. It was a sight. I met my wife prior, but that's where her and I got together. She moved back down when she was finished with college. And when she came back down, we partnered up and then we actually opened and expanded a new location. So we went from probably 700 square feet to 2,500 square feet. Wow. And then, so that was a learning curve, obviously, in itself. And then we eventually purchased our new location. So we got rid of that one. We bought a building that was like 3,700 square feet, a little bit higher ceilings and everything. Um, so we became landlords and gym owners. So we started learning a little bit more about business, a little bit more about things like that. And then after that, we acquired um, a gym a couple of years later, acquired another gym and then um, expanded upon that gym. The last gym we bought was like 2,500 square feet. We were able to expand it to 5,000 square feet. Wow. Then COVID came and we owned commercial real estate and also had no work. So that scared the crap out of me and just kind of wanted to sell that building because I didn't mm -hmm. know if we were ever going to be able to work into it again. And also just finding a new career because in person, Mike, we didn't know how long we were going to be able to lose that opportunity. We owned and operated gyms together for 10 years. And then we both got hired same day, same time <laughs> for the next company for three years. So for the past 13 years, we've only worked side by side <laughs> together. Oh, what a love story. It, it has its its pros and cons, um, but it was something that we were definitely able to make work also because we're so opposite. So her strengths were my weaknesses, my strengths were her weaknesses. So we were able to really lean to get, uh, on each other through that. So that was nice. Thank you for that. The whole time I was smiling and nodding like, wow, that's really cool. Wow, that's really cool. 
knowing that you have a lot of experience with gyms and business and getting started and learning what works and what doesn't work. If somebody comes to you and they say, Hey, I am just starting a fitness routine. I've never been a mover in my life. What is step one? Step one, in my opinion, is just try, learn, explore. So my comparison for this is just, you know, a vegetable analogy. If someone encouraged me to, hey, go try vegetables, see what you like. I tried a carrot and I didn't like it. Therefore, I don't like vegetables. So my point is that's one of many vegetables. There's a million ways to exercise. You're going to like some, you're going to dislike some, and then you're going to go through waves of liking and disliking. So if we're sticking on the food analogy for exercise, I would also say stay away from restaurant eating. And what I mean by that is not my eating at a restaurant. Find out what is available and then use those tools to create something that is palpable for you. Cook your own exercise plan. What would make you enjoy it consistently? And then how would you prepare it start to finish? The best exercise is the one that you're going to do consistently. Mm -hmm. So many of us, I am 100% included in this, think if I'm not up at 5 a.m. or I'm not spending two to three hours in the gym, why bother? Because that's the only way I'm ever going to reach any of my fitness goals. And that I've proven to myself over and over again is not true, but I keep doing it anyway. Yeah, I love that analogy of if you try a carrot and you don't like a carrot, that doesn't mean you don't like vegetables, right? Like if you try yoga and you're like, no, thank you. There's so much else out there to explore. Mm -hmm. What a great mindset to have. Are there any assessments or evaluations or people to see that you would recommend before individuals start that new routine? Track all points of interest to you. So if I have one great reason to exercise, awesome. That is one point to convince me. If I come up with 30 points, I'm just more likely to do it. Keep track of things that are important to you and what you want to achieve. If I want to exercise for five reasons, it's five times more likely than one reason. The more you have to aim, the more reason you have to say yes for continued exercise. Okay. So more of a self-assessment or evaluation. I guess I didn't, I didn't think about that. So I really like exploring your why. The closer it is to the heartstring, the more you can pull on it. So knowing that motivation wanes and finding something that is meaningful for you long-term, what is the best way for anyone, beginner or otherwise, to set realistic fitness goals for themselves? We need to adjust our timeframes and manage our own expectations. So I invite you to view exercise similar to learn. Would you give yourself one semester to learn or master biochem? And if you didn't accomplish that in one semester's time, are you going to not use your brain for the rest of the year or ever again? So my honest opinion is if we start with a time frame and see what we can achieve in that time frame, now you understand your personal baseline, which can greatly improve. So oftentimes we um, don't need to adjust our fitness goals just our timeframes and expectations of achieving them. So is your goal to look a certain way for a single photo or is it to live a certain way for a lifetime? Something I take into consideration is The Four Tendencies, which was a book written by Gretchen Rubin. 
And so if you're an upholder, so that means that you can meet outer expectations and meet inner expectations. So something I would recommend for that person is get a personal trainer. That type of person, you can tell them to do something and they will do it no problem. They can meet outer expectations very easily. If they don't want to or you want to save money, you can get a personal trainer and just go, Hey, rather than doing this for a lifetime, I just want to do a couple sessions, teach me the safe basics, I'll move on. Another thing for that type of person is find something that exists that you really want to um, accomplish. Work towards a tangible goal. So that type of person might always need to sign up for an event. Oh, okay, I would exercise, but if I was sign up for a 5K, I'm going to exercise every day until that 5K. Oh, okay. And then keep mm-hmm. finding the next task to accomplish. Another personality is the rebel. So you resist outer expectations and you resist inner expectations. So my recommendation for that type of person is just make it fun or something that you love. Another type of person would be the obliger. They meet outer expectations, but they resist inner expectations. So for them, this person might need an accountability partner. Or if you don't have access to an in-person person, you can always join an online community that encourages you to continue your efforts. And then lastly, we have the questioner who resists outer expectations and meets inner expectations. So to them, I would say, write a list of 100 reasons you personally should exercise and just make your awareness. I know that if I don't exercise, I'm in a lot of physical pain. I know if I don't exercise, I'm in a poor mood. And then again, ask friends or a trusted source, just more information or even where to get information. No, that's really interesting. I haven't heard fitness being applied to the four personalities like that. And that makes so much sense. I'm a questioner. As soon as you said that, I was like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And since you're being open about being a questioner and for your listeners that might relate to you, what is something that helps you get through that? That's a great question. And for me, it is journaling. It's exactly what you said. It's writing and reminding myself on a near daily basis, like, yes, I might not want to do this because I resist the societal expectations that women should look a certain way or be a certain way. But this is for me and it makes me feel good in these ways. And it's just that written reminder that I need for myself. I love it. I'm whichever one needs to switch it up every two weeks so I don't rip my eyebrows out. Rich, as we talk about setting goals and digging a little bit deeper than looks for a reason to start a fitness journey, tell us a little bit about your why. Great question. My favorite part of exercise is just having daily tests and experiments to kind of improve all facets of my life. I feel like I can prove mentally, emotionally, physically, socially, and spiritually. A book that I read earlier this year is called The Crisis Comfort. Abby, you're familiar with this, but but Carrie, you you might not be. Mm-hmm. And so I was in an accident earlier this year, March, or excuse me, May 4th. Lucky enough, I walked away from this accident with my life, which I very well could have easily not have. The worst part about the accident was I walked away with a concussion and a brain bleed. What that did was it really changed the way that I think, the who I am, because it affected my memory. And so I used exercise every single day, whether I wanted to or not, to achieve mental growth and just stimulation. So I was really struggling with quick thoughts and deep thoughts. But I needed to build that skill back because what was happening post-accident is a message would come in, an email would come in, and all of a sudden I have an elephant on my plate. And that is not an elephant task. 
And so I really needed to make it bite size and I couldn't approach it. So five minutes would pass and another message would come in. And so now I have a plate full of several elephants. Going through this is literally how I mentally came back, socially came back. We always must face and overcome difficulty in order to change. So Bruce Wayne turns into Batman post-tragedy. Batman can do anything because he overcame something. The art of war, Sun Tzu, you must win the battle first within your mind. And then I have this concept called the dirty rag concept. I'm at a middle school cafeteria and there's multiple lunch periods. Sometimes there's small messes. Sometimes there's big messes. Sometimes there's constant messes. I am constantly cleaning it with my rag. Each and every time I clean it, it's dirty. I am approaching you as a dirty rag. I am bringing my thorn and my paw to you. And I'm going to act accordingly. Me exercising cleans my rag. Now mm. I'm coming to you with all of that crap not attached to me. And then the only thing I want to kind of put on everybody is, are you aware of your why? So many good things to think about. And that made me think of something that is in a book I'm reading. And there was a question in there and I dog-eared the page that was, if you were living your average day every day, what would your life look like in 10 years? And so that reminds me of what you're saying, Rich, where it's like, what is my why? Am I living in accordance to that? Or am I just repeating the same dirty rag day over and over and over? You are the sum of your choices, which mm -hmm. is great because that gives us power and choosing. You're giving us so much amazing information. I know. Thank you. It's <laughs> so great. What would you say are the most important things for beginners to focus on, mostly in terms of the mindset and mentality for right now? I would say the most important thing in my mind for beginners to focus on would be consistency. And a phrase I commonly used in the gyms was just exercises one in a week, not a day. Do what you can today so that you may also do tomorrow. Exercise is lifelong. Your health is lifelong. Figuring out how one starts and keeps a behavior is probably key. Having a wonderful health coach, maybe calling Abby or Carrie would be <laughs> the answer or starting point. <laughs> um, and then very importantly, how to forgive yourself. Research shows that the highest achievers in any given field only have moderate levels of perfectionism. And those with the highest levels of perfectionism are only moderate achievers because mm. the anxiety they feel over making mistakes prevents them from taking timely action. So I feel like if we just get really good at forgiving ourselves, what we're doing with the forgiveness is we're giving ourselves another opportunity to try. You try, you learn, you forgive, you try again and rack it up after every workout, week, or program. And what I mean by that is RAK is spelled R-A-K. And so what that means to me is after I do um, a workout, okay, what would I like to take and remove from that workout to make it better? What would I like to take and add to that workout to make mm. it better? What do I want to keep in there because it's perfect for me right now? If I do that after every single workout, if I do that after every single week for the week's worth of workouts and every single program I'm on, I'm going to continuously get better, know how to get better, and then know how I want to progress forward. For everyone listening, in the second part of this episode, which will come out in a week, we'll discuss more the actual program, the routine, 
how to get started on the physical side of things now that you have your mindset covered. If you are with us and believing being human is weird, then like, subscribe, share, all of those things that the kids are doing. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Being Human is Weird. That's where we're going to be sharing resources, inspiration, and news about our podcast. And we would love to hear from you. So slide right into our DMs with questions, comments, and what you'd like to hear more of. And thank you so much for listening, weirdos. <laughs>